this is sexually explicit. No, that's a lie. It's only sexually related. But still, if you're not 18, um, move along now. And could you also talk about how hot the host is? And the host, uh, sitting across from me, I'm looking right at him. I can I can tell you about the, the chisel of his jaw and <laughs> his five o'clock shadow <laughs> and the wire room glasses. It's, uh, it's really... Remarkable! I haven't been able to take my eyes off of it this entire time. Now this has gone from being an honest podcast. (laughs) Son of mine. Ah, you're full of shit. (laughs) I I should say that that uh, Gary, and I don't know if I can say Gary is Gary a scene name. Can I say Gary? Uh, He doesn't mind. You can say Gary. Okay. So Gary emailed me because obviously he must listen, and he said, "Hey, I know I know two people who would be great on the podcast." And so uh, this is how you came. You guys had no idea what you were getting into. So, you know, this might be some sort of multi-level marketing scam, as far as you know, <laughs> that you're it signing is. up for. <laughs> Come on the interview and look at a timeshare at the same time. Oh, my God. We're, we're, we're bamboozling each other. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but also you're in California. So, so I, I uh, yeah, looks like the upper hand is on the other foot. Um, <laughs> Uh, you're in California, which I'm always fascinated by the California scene. Most of the people uh, uh, I talk to are in the you know New York scene, obviously. Um, so talking to someone from California, also you have a, a fairly interesting thing that you've started. You've started your own space, which we'll talk about as well. Um, and the, like the need for spaces, we'll talk about. I'm curious to know about how you handled in COVID. But before we start, and whoever, whoever wants to go first is fine. I'm just curious. The first question I ask most people is how you got introduced to kink or how you got... Uh, into the kink scene like what was the light bulb that went off in your heads um so for so, so to be really honest with you for me I've always been like sort of kinky and I just don't really have any idea where it even came from like I remember like my boyfriend like you know my little boyfriend when I was like 14 um I wasn't like sleeping with him but I would tie him to his bed and like but never even thought anything like odd of it you know and then I never really found anybody to explore with. And that I'm actually from Jersey. So, oh, okay. yeah, I moved here like eight years ago. And so when I moved here, I started messing with this guy who was really, really kinky. And he like, you know, he wanted me to pee on him and everything. And I just like couldn't physically do it for some reason. And then like fast forward like a year later, I'm just peeing on everybody. So, <laughs> so it worked out. <laughs> you get some pee. You get some pee. You get some pee. <laughs> You're the Oprah of P. That's how it goes usually. Yeah. There is a, I mean, that's a common thing I hear from people who uh, they get like uh, kink shamed before they even know they're being kink shamed. You know, they'll be like, uh, you know, they're, they know how they want to play around. They don't know that how they're experiencing sex or, you know, foreplay or just experimentation is different. Uh, and then once they actually experience, you know, they, they realize it's a thing that people do. It's like, they're like, oh shit, this is, this is great. Um, so other than other than peeing on a whole bunch of people, how did you start? How did you start like going like, oh, I can do this professionally. Holy shit. This is great. Or- so I had just graduated um, college and I had gotten a, a master's in like fine arts, which basically is like no employment unless you want to be a teacher, which I was not really interested in. And so I just kind of had like an internship. And then I had this really, really shitty waitressing job. And um, a guy I was dating at the time. I didn't like, to be honest with you, I didn't like 100% trust him, but he was like, oh yeah, you know, um, like, so I'd play with him and he'd be like, oh, you should do this for work. And I was like, oh my God, it's a, it's a job. And he was like, yeah. 
And I was like, and he's like, oh, I know somebody. So he kind of put me in contact with her. And she actually ended up being my old business partner. It was like a weird thing uh, eventually. But yeah, he had put me in contact with her. And after him and I broke up, I called her again. And I went in and yeah, just started working at a dungeon. That's actually pretty... So it was not sketchy because there's quite a few times you hear sketchy stories, you know. Uh, well, my first interview was extremely sketchy. Oh, really? Um, I went uh, the same day. I started working at a place called Iron Gate, which is now closed. Um, but on the same day, I had that interview. And earlier, I had a different one at another place in Beverly Hills. And basically, I didn't really know what the deal was. And he said to meet him at a restaurant. And I did. And a, a her was a him. And he kept saying, oh, goddess Zaya, she really likes you and come to this house. Yeah, yeah. Come to this place. But the place, I don't want to say the name, but it was people knew of it, right? Right. So I went into somebody's house and he went upstairs and he like was clearly talking to nobody, but like trying to pretend he was maintaining a conversation with this woman. Comes downstairs and he's like, goddess Zaya like really likes you. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, can you put on this fishnet bodysuit and give me a massage? <gasps> and I was like, no, like, I don't really think this is like for me. So I left. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Really, really weird. And I left. And then like an hour later, I was at a different dungeon. So it worked out, you know? I don't think people realize how how common stuff like that is. Um, like, it's, yeah. Here's the photographers. For, they oh, like- I'm sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I remember very vividly also things like like when I used to be on the dating, you know, the kink dating sites, you'd hear something like, oh, uh, hi, this is uh, Mistress um, Flim Flam's uh, submissive. Uh, she 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 noticed your profile and wanted me to reach out. And uh, in order to prove that you're submissive enough, you have to go to this guy's house and blow him you know, or something like that. Oh, my God. And People like, out and do that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, totally, totally. Well, um, I had to put on offer up, pretend to be a girl, remember, and show oh, up, yeah. and then because I, I just have everything like as my, you know, my stage name, I guess, um, just in case. And he must have recognized me somehow, something. Pretended to be a girl, and it's, there was this one outfit that I put up. It was all pervert guys responding to it. I, it was <clears> the cursed outfit. I finally got rid of it, and uh, they showed up pretending to be a girl and he pulls up in his bmw little justin bieber looking ass kid and i was like what the fuck is this and i have the outfit and he's like well can i come like can you sit in the car and like i can look at it i'm like um i guess like and he's like well i wanted it like worn and i just didn't want to like tell you the truth so i was wondering do you have worn underwear and i was like sure and then like i have to go up and get it so he kind of like follows me and he like he became really aggressive he's like so you're a dominatrix huh i was like um what and then like he keeps going and going and then he's like so you sell everything and i had to be like my husband's gonna be home you see these pictures like blah blah blah, blah. they have a camera right. i have a camera like and i just like he threw 50 bucks at me and i threw him the panties and he ran away um but i found him on mr number and he does this had like 20 user reports it's a it's a it's a common thing yeah it's 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 really i mean it's really amazing how you, you kind of have to be driven to stick because it would scare, that would scare away so many people and not just your experiences, but so many people. When I tell my wife some of the experiences I had before I met her, because especially if you're a submissive guy, you're, you know, if you're a single submissive guy, you're desperate. Right. And so you'll, you'll yeah. be willing to. I did so many stupid things, not not stupid things like in other words, like I did something stupid to someone else. Like I agreed to like some really stupid things like 
sometimes I'll tell her some stories and she's like, I'm surprised you have all your limbs, you know, like, <laughs> or, or didn't get like shipped off to some other, you know, country or something like that. Just because the trust, because you're just like, so like desperate for kink that you'd be like, trust the people you wouldn't, shouldn't normally trust. But the same thing goes for you. I mean, like that would like, the cursed yeah, outfit. Site. It's like <laughs> a fucking, I was like selling an outfit, like an offer up. Like it was like so yeah. weird. Like, so now I'm a lot more cautious and I don't like the yeah. house. So, and I'm yeah. a, a nice big pit bull. Um, <laughs> so, you know. That'll do it. Uh, so how about you? How did you get, get ex- how did you explore or get exposed to the kink scene? And um, Well, so interestingly enough, I also, like, since I was very young, just wanted to be super bossy. <laughs> I wanted to control everyone around me, like Charles Manson of children. Um, I invented a game with my brothers called Big Sur Little Helper, and I was obviously the Big Sur. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we make my boyfriends do stuff for me. Like, I had a boyfriend that was graduated, and I was still in high school. I'd make him pick me up from my house and take me to school every day because I didn't feel like driving. Um, but not really, like, anything crazy, nothing, you know, out of the ordinary that I thought, oh, this is a kinky thing. It's more just like, mm-hmm. you know, I just didn't want to I, – I just wanted to live like a princess, you know? Right. And then. Um, I was in a relationship with a guy. We were living together for so long and it was horrible, Um, really just toxic. And we were watching a documentary one day and it was on financial domination, actually. And he's like, you know, we're watching it. This girl's being mean to guys, making all this money. He goes, you're such a fucking bitch. You'd be so good at this. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) I've been doing this for free for years. So (laughs) I didn't say anything to him, but I got online and I, you know, did my little due diligence research and signed up for a couple websites and immediately was just like doing the FinDom thing. So I started online, uh, left him. And then, you know, the subs that I had met online, I got to finally like meet in person after I left. Um, and I was doing so it's harder to vet though, because like, you know, I didn't have the know-how, like I had to kind of just teach myself. So I had to like talk to them online for a period of time. And then I was sessioning at hotels and then, you know, I made it to a DomCon and it kind of, yeah. Uh, one of my slaves actually, I was sessioning at the hotel, um, said there's actually a dungeon where I live because I live, you know, pretty far out from downtown and it was her dungeon. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I went in for an interview and, uh, I already had been about a year established at that point and um the rest is history <laughs> so when you when you <laughs> when you went from uh, so w- did you find because uh, i know several people who've done this when you start online and then you move to uh in person does that sort of uh you know prep you for knowing oh this is what i this is what i'd be game to do and this is what i wouldn't be game to do or this is what i'm interested in or this is what i enjoy or was it a case of uh I mean, sure, sure. You must have had some inkling from the requests you'd get of yeah. what. Well, I mean, yeah. So I would do online sessions, you know, but like, but I was really like, I started primarily FinDom, and then you know, obviously, everyone has like kinks like arounding it. So I had to really get that like know how of like how to like get out what they really want. You know what I mean? Because they're mm-hmm. not going to tell you, and you kind of have to play this weird guessing game, and then you know whatever. So then it, I was opened up to two different things. And then as I started meeting people, I just saw how completely different it was, you know, right. you even navigate the conversations differently. Like when you're booking like a session in real time versus how you're doing anything online, you know? So, right. um, you kind of have to have two different like streams of, you know, knowledge as far as that goes. But I just feel like I like, I enjoy both a lot. 
But like when you're when you spend too much time at home, then it's like not good. And then sometimes right. you get so burnt out by giving your energy to so many people in person. So it's like, you know, achieving the balance, I think, is the harder part of that. Something I've noticed as well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I assume this is probably true for you as well, is that when you do this for long enough, some people, sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's a year or whatever, but eventually you become, uh, you have a special spider sense for <laughs> time wasters and bullshitters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So much so that uh, even though my wife's retired, she can, if she gets an email, she can get an email that has nothing to do with kink or whatever, but for some reason she's able to, for her work, she was like, oh no, this person's a time waster. I'm like, what? why don't you reply? It might be a possible jump. No, she was like, no, that's a, that's a time waster. I can tell. I'm like, really? And sure enough, time waster. You know, it's like the bull bullshit meter is extra sensitive. Yeah. yeah. That like spidey sense. <laughs> yeah. You have to go through it. Like, you know, you have to really like that. It's like what I tell the girls too when they ask, they're like, how do you deal with it? I'm like, you kind of have to like walk through the Just shit. Trial to, and like, error it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because I, but you. Do you have sort of like a litmus test you give now? Like you can tell, okay, if the person... Uh, Honestly, I can tell in like, like the divorce. first two texts yeah. or like, yeah, two seconds. Like, if it's like a phone call, like just like the way that they're handling their, like what they're saying or how they're saying it, if they're talking too much. Yeah, right. or they want too many details or their their interests are much too detailed. You're they want like, an eight-hour mm, session and they're fine yeah. $500 an yeah. hour. Like, but they live, you know, somewhere that doesn't have cash apps, so they're, they're going to yeah. figure it out how to get you that deposit, right. you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm going to send you this Walmart gift card. Oh, yeah, uh, you're right. Do you take um, iTunes gift cards? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. People try and give you, like, so their many, Christmas yeah. gift cards. You're For like, real? no, dude. Oh. Absolutely not. Right, Men's right. Big and tall. So how how did you find um, how did you were were you prepared when COVID hit? Were you able to? Because I mean, obviously there were so many that I mean we we participated in so many benefits for people who were were working who obviously couldn't anymore. Obviously, if you have some presence online where you can do it online, that probably helps a little bit. But how did you fare during COVID? COVID was rough. Um, honestly, like I basically what I had to do was we were in a, I was in a commercial space with my old business partner and we had to move into a house during COVID and like operate out of a house. But there were months, like, you know, maybe the first like few months, like I was only seeing like one or two regulars. It was really rough. You know, mm -hmm. I tried to acclimate, like put a lot of stuff online and it was okay. Like I survived, but it was, it was rough for a lot of people and a lot of dungeons shut down here during that time, which is sad, you know? Um, for me, I mean, that move sucked because like I was sessioning a lot too, like at the time and then, you know, COVID hit, but luckily I did have an online presence already. And I think before COVID, a lot of like the real time doms were like, oh, like the fin doms don't, you're really, you know what I mean? There was this kind of weird crossover where it was like not cool. Um, I never had anyone say anything to me, but I just noticed, but I already had my online established and now I finally had time to actually buy a camera and figure it out and learn how to edit videos and right. do all this other stuff. So I kind of prospered because everyone's stuck at home with nothing else to do than jerk off to my videos or do <laughs> Skype. So, you know, um, that, and then, you know, we moved stuff over to the house like right away, but it, yeah, it was like one or two regulars that you have to be safe around and all these tests. And then even that took a couple of weeks before, or like months even before yeah. we were really comfortable. And then I uh, still had to navigate pretty, pretty much like online until things were safer. 
Yeah, because I mean, the it is one of those things where job security is yeah. so questionable. I mean, for everyone in general, but when you have something like that, it's so difficult. And and I, we know so many people who, you know, had to either you know move back home or uh, you know or whatever, and and they found it that they found that even more difficult. Like if their if their family didn't know, then they'd have to you know how do you how do you you know do that? Very that very difficult. So, but did you find that once you were able to do it back in person, there was like a floodgate that opened or was it more of like a people like slowly trickled in because they got safe, they felt safer or. So there was like, it would trick, like it started to trickle in a bit. And I think most of the girls were very like reluctant still about like who they were taking. But when we started to like open things up, when we were kind of like, okay, like things are like calming down a bit. Yeah. It was slammed. Yeah. People People were were just like, yeah. They couldn't wait to get out of the house. They were stuck. They didn't have any of this interaction, like, you know. So it was, um, yeah. Yeah, like I even got, like, a really decent amount of clients that were clearly not into kink. Yeah. Which was okay, but, like, really they were coming because they were, like, lonely. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And they needed that, like, in-person, like, connection to somebody. So but if they weren't into kink, what did they – what, so, what did you do? Like, you just... Oh, like, you know, just a little foot worship and like a little teasing. But I could tell like a lot of times, they, you know, they say it's like, oh, it's my first time. But like, I can tell like I could tell yeah. like, oh, like they're just like really lonely. Like, you know what I mean? They just need sure. something, you know, Yeah, my first. And I'm sure they were very appreciative, right? New. Session. Usually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, baby, that... what were you saying? Oh, well, my first like session that I took with someone that wasn't one of my regulars after COVID, I had seen him once before and I think he was struggling with his sexuality, but he was married. So we tried something. He didn't like it. It was whatever. So he called me and I was very surprised, but he was, you know, uh, he has oppressed religious situation and had to get married very young and he's still very young and he, not very young, but you know, twenties, whatever. And he came and I know he didn't like what he wanted to try last time. So he just sat there and cried. For the whole hour. Damn. Oh, wow. How uh, do you, I mean, that's got to be difficult for everyone involved, right? I mean. I mean, I went to school to be a therapist, I guess, you know, maybe I'm finally using my degree <laughs> in a weird way. Well, I mean, I use it, but. I know, wouldn't be able to handle that. I don't like other people's <laughs> feelings so much. So that's why I thought maybe that being a therapist wouldn't be that good. But I just mm-hmm. kind of sat there and I. Uh, the two jobs are so similar. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking because I didn't finish my master's because it was kind of like a a ploy to have an excuse as to, you know, why I'm leaving my job at the school district and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I just have a better job doing like behavior therapy in person. I'm like, right. you know, with, like, with men true, who yeah. are like, you know, <laughs> right. I just tell them how to behave. Um, but I was like this weird thing because like, you know, the parents and the teachers and everybody else had so many questions and my, I didn't, my family didn't know yet. And like, right. I was like hiding, like, you know, two lives. And so finally, when I had to do the hours, I quit because I was like, what am I going to be a therapist and like take a pay cut and not do what I'm already doing and enjoy doing. So I figure like if I want to go back, like I can navigate it like as I could work with, you know, the community. I do have the education part, just not the hours and whatever. Like operate under a life coach. Yeah. Um, No, yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 My undergrads in psych too. (laughs) I think there's a huge crossover. Yeah. Oh, huge. Yeah. It makes you a good dom because you're able to like like cerebrally connect with, you know, the subs yeah. and, you know, help them get in the sub space or, you know, help them navigate the issues that they have facing the real world and even the girls. Yeah. Because people don't get it, but it's such a psychological game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
I actually had an argument with a kid who was going to school for the same thing that I had gone to school for, or they were like working at a rehab or something like that. And I had got off a night flirt call that was like this humiliation junkie, whatever. And we had done like a retweet game while we're on the phone. And I hung up and he goes, don't you think it's fucked up you capitalize off of people's trauma? I'm like, as a therapist, isn't that what you also do? <laughs> you know, like, right. and I was like, the difference between me and you is that I give them a safe space to express themselves and they finally feel like, okay, I can be myself and you would label them as sexual deviant and try to cure them. And that's right. not the case. So, I mean, I think if, you know, the lesser of two evils is to like give someone the freedom, you know, I, I think it's important. Oh, I mean, the number of people you hear stories about who uh, who discover kink because it's a part of them and it's always been a part of them and they either were too afraid or they didn't know or something. And that is really liberating. Sometimes it can just be liberating knowing you're not alone, you know? Of course, um, yeah. Because it sucks. Uh, and, a lot of people, they get so like um, in their head about it and they feel so like like a fucked up person because of it mm-hmm. that'll take them right. years to even come into a dungeon. Or even yeah. like insulted by their partners, you know, yeah. like trying to be open with them and like getting shut down. A lot down. of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I from personal experience, you know, I, I remember, you know, when I was dating vanilla people, I would, you know, try to try to hint, you know, that like, uh, look, uh, I'm totally fine with just taking care of your pleasure or something like that, and you're like, that's fucking weird, you know, they 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 couldn't fathom that. Once you get into the kink scene, you when you find people that actually appreciate that or whatever, um, or or uh, you know, <laughs> right, or or just like not not topping from the bottom is a, is a skill in and of itself, you know, for some people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so so uh, after COVID happens uh you're you're back working and what comes how how does the inspiration come to start your own space so basically like we had you know like i had wanted to kind of go separate ways with my partner and her and i were really close or are really close and we wanted to open something and we basically kind of had a vision for it we were in new york and we went mm-hmm. to the Museum of Sex, uh, yeah. which is like an Insta. I don't know if you've been, but it's like an Instagram yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And that was honestly kind of like our inspiration. We were like, dude, we should make this like an Instagram all that like every yeah. like corner of every place is like different and like good in a photo, you know? Right. Well, because we wanted to combine like the two worlds, like the real time and yeah. the online, because, you know, who knows if COVID's going to happen again or who knows I've, what, you know? I hope not. Yeah. Well, it's not. I mean, I hope not. Well, but. We don't know. <laughs> but regardless, at least it's like a space where you can do like everything, you know, their play parties, you know, sessions, filming, and everything is like, you know, completely, you know, designed from every detail to like make it really, really cool and unique and yeah. different rooms, different fetishes. There's like literally a, a room for everything. Yeah, we want to also, make sure like, go just- ahead. Sorry, we just wanted to make sure we could facilitate both. You know what I mean? Because, like, honestly, prior to COVID, it was very much separated. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, in like real time, DOMS would do like online and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But like facility wise, like it was super separate. There was not really yeah. much that were like intertwined. You know, like if you did live with your parents, like, and you wanted to do, I don't know what the fuck like, I would do. Shit in your or car, film. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Exactly. What would you do? <laughs> also, you can tell. I mean, I. As someone who's who's gone to plenty of play spaces just for events or or you know meeting a friend somewhere, um, you can tell the spaces that are run by the people who work there, 
the pronouns who work there versus uh, someone who's either a guy who has no control, you know, who's controlling every aspect of it. And you can kind of, you can just kind of feel, it just feels shady and you just want to like, uh, you know, go in and unionize everyone because it's just, it's, you feel so bad for everyone. Um, and, and there's such a different, completely different vibe when you're looking at the people who, who work there, run it versus some outside person or someone who's just, you know, exploiting the people. Right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. and because it's more it's more friendly to the workers themselves. Right. Um, I was going to say, no, it's important, honestly, especially if, like somebody's just coming in to the scene as a professional. It's important to give them like a good and healthy experience yeah. because it'll make the difference. Like it'll be like, you know, whether they take this as like, oh, this is like a healthy thing or it, like triggers them like it can go a ton of ways, yeah. you know? Just wanted a really like non-toxic environment without like, you know, kind of like. Yeah, with like camaraderie and community yeah. and where like everybody could like help each other and make money together, you know yeah. what I mean? And even like our space is so versatile that we like, you know, we do and can open it up to like vanilla people to like film and it's like kind of like education like you know what i mean right. they kind of my friends all come in and they'll be like oh what's that what's that you know it's like and a it's museum like, yeah exactly <laughs> or there's so, always those v- vanilla swinger parties every now and again where they'll be yeah. like oh we want to have it at this place and then and then, and then the, the vanilla swingers are like oh my god it's a it's a paddle woohoo crazy you know whatever you know, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Go nuts. Yeah, absolutely. So do you, but, but also they can, they can rest assured that they're not going to come. Someone who's new to the scene isn't going to come to your space and you're going to get, hold, hold on one second. I'm going to go talk to Mr. Zora in the other room. <laughs> yeah, and then and they're like, hi, Mr. Zora. Oh, I really like them, but they have to put this suit on. Okay. And give you a massage. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> No, we uh, we, no, we wouldn't do anything like that. No, we try and take really good care of the people that come in here. Yeah. Like, we make sure they have like good energy and mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean. We yeah. want to preserve the space for like ourselves too. Like, yeah. we want to feel like you know we're it's all positive. part of a family and everything. You know, we can ask each other anything, and you know, like anyone can feel comfortable with anyone who's you know around. We all grow. Yeah. Do you find I know one thing at least in New York that's sort of tricky, and I don't know if it's the same in LA, but whenever someone tries to open up their own space or does, it's a question of uh, how much information do you tell the landlord <laughs> or is the landlord totally in on it? You know, that's the tar- uh, that some Sometimes the landlord doesn't know and they just kind of get away with it for years or something like that. But that's always a tricky thing. Like, like this company. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like how hard was it you for the, to find a space not only that was going to be welcoming, but also that that, you know, that was exactly what you wanted? Well, we actually got really blessed. blessed. I had um, reached out to a guy that I had talked to probably like two years ago before COVID when I was looking for a space. And honestly, I was hoping that he wouldn't remember me. But I was looking <laughs> for brokers, like any, we were just, you know, looking. And so I had hit him up and I was like, hey, like, how are you? Um, I had your number and my phone is a broker. I don't, I'm not sure who this is. Like, I was just wondering if you had any properties. And he said, my, he was like, oh, hey, you knew my real name. He's like, how are you? And I was like, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> and he was like, are you still doing the same kind of business? And I said, yeah. And he was like, okay, let me, I have a couple of places to show you guys. And he showed us one that we liked, um, but it wasn't ideal. And he was yeah. like, let me show you one more. So we were like, okay, showed us this place. The owner completely knows what we do. Mm-hmm. He's fine with it. That's great. All the neighbors are pretty into it too, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's over here trying to film their OnlyFans. Yeah. Stuff. Like, oh, I hope do this. Like, <laughs> 
So we got like yeah. really blessed. But but prior to that, remember we were talking to uh, someone that my mom knows through business who's like kind of pervy. So I thought like, okay, we could like talk to him and rent a building. But then he got really like inappropriate. And we're like, oh no, this is a person who would control the space and Absolutely. has to be in on it. And that's not. Yeah, like, we wanted like a, if we were going to bring somebody, they would have to be like a silent, silent partner. But you could tell right, right away. Like, he, and the same thing with the, yeah. the guy Ray was like considering as yeah, well. yeah. Like, yeah, it's very, very hard because they think it's something else. And I totally know that both these guys would have came in thinking like, oh, I'm going to sleep with all the girls. Yeah. And like, like, I like brunettes with you know? big boobs. Do you have any of those? Like, I'm like, like we're here. fucking picking out fruit at the supermarket <laughs> or something. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 your wife, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it, it is, and I, it, it is always, it's very helpful when, when the neighbors uh, are, are cool with it as well, because- I don't know how many times I've gone to some kink party or something. You get in the elevator, you can tell who's in the elevator who lives there or works there and who's in the elevator, you know, because you're like, oh, look, there's five people in leather pants and and, uh, and chest harnesses and one person in a suit, you know, or whatever. And uh, you're like, oh, okay, well, like, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Right, and they're, right. of course, they're just under their breath. They're like, God damn it. They're just they're grumbling under their breath. Yeah, for sure. Right. So how, how, so it's been since January you opened? Mm-hmm. And we so, what's, starting what's, parties now, though? The, besides the neighbors being in on it, uh, how have you found it to be? Is it? I mean, it's been. You mean this is like the space? Yeah, the space. And how how has it been welcoming the community? And what's the reaction been? Everything's been really good. Mm-hmm. Like our uh, grand or like our dungeon warming, our grand opening. We had a lot of girls from the scene come out and like support. And it's been really good. Are there dungeon owners? Yeah, you know, friends and and That's then, great. Well, people too. Yeah, yeah. What is the LA scene like in general? Because I mean, I, I we talked about this before we, uh, we started recording, but I was like, the the California scene in general is always has this, at least in New York, has this stereotype of being more like woo woo and and uh, more spiritual and you know uh, you know. Um, we're going to, you know, warm your chakras before you play and whatever. And uh, as opposed to New York, it's always seems more cold and more not, maybe not cold, but more, uh, I don't want to say hardcore, but you know, um, am I making any sense or am I just, uh, okay. Well, I think activity wise, honestly, like I don't, so like New Yorkers are way different than um, like people specifically from LA. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like they're two different animals. So I think like, you know, New York East Coasters are a little harsh and West Coasters are a little like on the softer side. But I think when it comes to, like, no offense, I think when it comes to like doming, like, I'm not soft. It's just like everybody has their own personality type. Like, I don't think like we're any softer than the girls I've seen out in New York. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of diversity, just like so many different styles, so many different types of people, like so many, you know, whatever. I think it is more maybe casual as far as like, the clothing mm-hmm. and stuff goes like I roll up in my sweatpants. I'm like, whatever, you know. Um, but that's like, you know, just normal. I think overall, it's just like less accepted here, like legally and otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I mean? So the scene is a lot different. Like, um, there are parties, but it's not like New York. It's not as like accepted. Like everybody in New York knows somebody that's a dom. Right. right. You tell somebody in LA, and they're like, "What?" Like, you know what I mean? Like a what? You know? I remember when everyone. Yeah doubt about me because I, I grew up here so if I'm like sessioning and doing everything that happened you know in the place where I grew up I get like this screenshot from my friend in this group chat of boys that like we all like you know went to school with and they weren't talking shit but they're like oh I'm going to send you over there and she'll beat your ass I'm like 
well, it's really not really different than high school, <laughs> but they were just surprised, I guess, maybe. And so then I was kind of put on the spot, like, well, these people know my family. I'm going to have to like, I would rather tell them to, like before they're blindsided. Um, but luckily, you know, I have three brothers. They were like, so is there something like this I can do and make money? <laughs> and I was like, no, um, maybe, I don't know. Um, and then my mom was just like, so you turned being you into a job. Because <laughs> she was so she was concerned about my car. I she ended up asking me. I told my brothers. I didn't tell her, but she right. asked me like I had just gotten a new Mercedes, and she's like, "How did you have the money for that? Do you have like a sugar daddy?" I was like, "No, I am daddy actually," and <laughs> you know, kind of went from there. And she was like, you know, unfazed really. Right. I mean, but I mean, it's pretty oh, good that she's accepting of it. I mean, uh, that's that's pretty. That's pretty good, right? I mean, um, I've on Skype calls with me before. <laughs> is, are, are you out to your family as well, Kayla, or no? No, my family's like um, old school, like Italian Catholics. Right. They would not even under. I yeah, they'd freak the fuck out. <laughs> this is probably the tamest thing I've done in my family. So they're just like happy that I'm, you know, <laughs> that I'm talking to them and around. <laughs> do uh, so? Do you find? Um, uh, like when you, when you, when you, Kayla, when you talk to your family, is it a, a matter of like, they, they have a hint that, uh, you, you're so, kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, adventurous or, or what is the, uh, you know, I'm like crazy, you know what I mean? Like they right. know like personality type, what I'm like, I don't think it would right. be shocking to anybody. Um, and I really don't, this is so weird, but like, I really don't like, uh, so we just don't talk about it because I don't like to lie and I think, honestly, I think my mom thinks I'm possibly a drug dealer because she, like, really doesn't ask any questions on it. Right. Well, that's good, I guess, right? <laughs> I guess so. Like, I mean, she thinks that I write, but I don't – like, and I do write, and I do sometimes get paid for it. But I think that she probably suspects there's something on top of it, like, I'm not making all this money just from writing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, I, just to get back to the California versus East Coast thing, I, I've always wondered, like, what is the thing, other than, like, the sunshine, the weather, obviously – but I've always wondered like, if something like, because whenever you hear, whenever I hear people in LA, whenever I talk to my friends who moved from New York to LA, um, they're always calling me from the car uh, because <laughs> they're all, they spend so much time in the car. And I've always wondered like, if if that if that has any aspect. Let's say someone. I imagine I live in LA. I'm gonna have an appointment with Prodom. Uh, I'm I'm driving to their place, uh, and beforehand I said, yeah, I'd like A, B, and C is what I'm curious to explore. And then by the time you get there, driving through traffic, you're just like, just beat the shit out of me. I can't deal with this <laughs> traffic. Just please beat the shit out of me because I can't stand it. The traffic. Like, I wonder if the traffic or driving constantly has any difference in, as far as kink desires or, or anything like that as opposed to, you know. I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, you just sort, unfortunately, like you sort of just acclimate to the traffic. You know what I mean? Right? Like, I thought, like, going over the George Washington Bridge sucked. You know what I mean? And then I got on the 405, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know what I mean? But you do, sadly, like, you just get used to it, you know? Right. I would be very curious. Oh, it took me two hours, and they're, like, not even phased. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know? (laughs) I I would be very curious. You know how every now and again, like, uh, Pornhub or whatever puts out a a survey. Like, they'll show a map of the United States, and they'll show, here were the top searches for different states, right? And it's always something like, you know, uh, the, the the more Bible Belt thing, the more extreme it is or whatever, what Absolutely. it turns out to be, whatever. Um, but I'd be very curious how, like, like 
what like what are the the is is there more of a New York like oh New York yeah they're more, much more into this than they are in California or California they're really into you know New York's a big huge they're in a you know ball busting capital of the world whereas California <laughs> they're really into you know I don't know diaper players I have no idea but um, which diaper play if you're in, stuck in traffic long enough everyone gets in type diaper yeah. play I suppose sometimes um, it's nice yeah. <laughs> in that case. Uh, but is there, have you heard anything like that? Of like, oh, uh, West Coast is going to be more this or. I think pe- people are drawn to doms who are specializing in certain things more. So it's like, you know, where one person will get a lot of one thing, another person will get a lot of other things, you know, because that's more their thing. Right. Like we have a girl here that does like Tantra. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just a, like, to each their own kind of thing. Like, I'm not sure. even 100% sure what Tantra, like, includes. I just know I'm not into it. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I imagine so, it's ca- caning with a lot of heavy breathing, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's like going it. on in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> screaming. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you hear a gong every 30 seconds or something. And, <laughs> and breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I do know people who were into like spirituality and, and, and like, so they would always start their kink scenes, whether it was personal or professional, they'd be like, uh, I want you to sit in this room on your knees. I'm going to give you five minutes, just breathe and get centered in your, in your headspace. And then they'd start or whatever, as opposed to other people were like, all right, let's just, let's do this. You know, um, agree we do that yeah, yeah but i think i like make them sit in the room on their knees by themselves to scare them more than, yeah. than anything else so we like, can get you know changed I mean? and like you know <laughs> put them in the good headspace yeah you know? so you, you have all these different people now coming into your space uh people doing tantra like how, what is your do you have a filtering process or do you how do you how do you screen people as far as uh like um, uh like girls or clients yeah 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 for some someone who's gonna work so uh, work with you the the, as far as the, I don't, they're not always girls, but typically, like as far right. as people coming to work here, um, basically we just want to meet them in person. And if things yeah. like feel good and they feel good, we kind of just proceed from there. Cause we're not opposed to like taking in new people that like are really, really interested in the scene. I actually really like it. We do take the time to like really train them yeah. and make sure that they know what they're doing and what they're getting into like mentally and physically and you know, like yeah. don't kill anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having good mentors is so rare, right? I mean, and it's so valuable it's having so a good valuable. mentor in this, right? Yeah. Um, I did not have one. I did not either. And it's like having to be self-taught and yeah. no one to ask questions to. Because I, I was in hiding from everybody, really, for right. maybe two years or something. So then when I started making friends and, you know, started working uh, with her and joined the dungeon, it was like, oh, my gosh, I have, like, someone I can ask questions to. I developed, like, an online social network, like, with the other girls. But it was it's, – it's isolating. Right. And and also there, there's something to be said too for um, the fact that you didn't have good mentors, but you're still here mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to so many people who, you know, as we know, there's so many people get in the scene and they like, they last like six months. They're like, I can't fucking do this. Right. Yeah, um, sometimes because they're just not cut out for it. And other times because they didn't, didn't have a good mentor. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and it is hard. I think there's like a stress in navigating the scene or dealing with subs or like setting boundaries. And a lot of people don't have these like skills na- like naturally. So um, it just, it really depends on, yeah. you know, what you're, you know, subjected to in the scene and, you know, also your own personal boundaries and ability to like, you know, navigate yeah. socially. There's also a, um, you know, a stereotype, propagated by 
media in general, right? Uh, that every every pro dom is Helga from the SS, you know, type of thing. It's just like um, media projection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, I, I wonder how many people, because I know in in like when I would meet people who are new to the kink scene and you know in the lifestyle scene, they would be like, "Oh my god, this is so." different than I thought it was going to be, right? Because they always had this idea of this thing that they see in the media. I um, feel like we help people more than, you know, harm. Like we've, like some oh. of like our subs have had such life-changing things happen because now they have, you know, either guidance or, you know, reason. Right. Yeah. Like you vibe with people, like not every, very few people are into like really heavy corporal and they mm -hmm. like want that very strict like governess going. You know what I mean? A lot of people like they need to connect you on like a personal level mm -hmm. before that's like even an option, yeah. you know? Right. So like I don't go in like fucking eat shit, you little piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. right. I'm like, there's, also, <laughs> there's also a misconception about submissives, right? As well, mm -hmm. about how, how they think there's, it's, it's the, um, you know, I, I see that this is how, when I first moved to New York, I thought, oh shit, do I have to be like a worthless worm thing? Because that's all you saw <laughs> in the porn, right? And I didn't like that. And I mean, like, I quite the opposite. I'm like, you know, and so, but I thought, well, this is how they act. So this is how I have to act. And it's not until you meet the right people that you're like, they're like, no, 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 you can, you can actually be the more yourself, the yeah. more version, the biggest version of you you've ever been able to share type of thing, right? Um, but there's yeah, such a huge that. misconception. I'm curious, do you still, I don't know if it's still the same that there's such a huge misconception. Do you still get people who come in and they have the completely wrong idea or is the amount of information out there on the internet educating well, some people or is it all bad like education? Answer or something. I don't yeah. think they're Googling the right like information. Yeah. And I think because of the internet, like, and we all have so much like, content out there. Um, you know, they're, they know what they're, who they're meeting, what they're getting into to an extent. Some, most of the time. Yeah. Right. I have people who want to do like doubles and like, I've had friends who'd be like, oh, her. And they'd be like, no, she's terrifying because some of my content looks like I'm just, you know, it's a lot of humiliation. It's a lot of verbal abuse, financial right. domination, whatever. And it's like, okay, sure. Yeah, I do do that. But that's like, not necessarily like the whole thing. Like I have yeah. my, my, my slave, um, who had never told anything, told anyone anything, uh, was a cross-dresser, was in hiding, was very depressed, like overweight, like almost, you know, uh, really going through it, like suicidal even. And we met on Night Flirt, happened to live in LA and came. And uh, this was this was also actually during COVID or the end of COVID kind of-ish. And he lost 80 pounds. Um, he's getting his master's. Like he's, you know, really feeling confident in himself, like more open, telling friends. Like it's like changed who he is as a person. Like he's he's whole now, you know? Right. That's great. I mean, I mean, you, you it must actually, I know, I know plenty of people who, even if they've retired, they still have these lifelong connections with friends, clients, former clients who they're still long term friends with because they've shared this connection. That's yeah, uh, really sweet. You know? Yeah. Well, because if you're if they're owned, like they become like your family. You have yeah. to trust them fully. Yeah. They have to trust you fully. There's a lot that yeah. goes into it. Yeah. My personal slaves, like unless they did something fucked up, there's just, I can't think of any reason I would not want to speak to them, regardless I mean, if I like had retired or not. You know I've, what I mean? I've had an issue before, but you know, I think to some degree, sometimes they fall in love with you. Yeah. You know, which makes things when difficult. Yeah, once that point is passed, like you do, because that's always what happens, especially mm -hmm. when they're owned. 
right. that they develop like feelings for you that aren't necessarily like part of the dynamic. And a lot of them, this dynamic, this particular dynamic is new. So you, there's like boundaries and people crossing them and arguments, but eventually it'll all like kind of even tell, you know? So this is interesting. So uh, do you mind if we dive into this a little bit? So like, I remember very vividly when I was early playing, early, like I made, I made tons of friends with pro doms in the scene, right? And they, none of them wanted to play with me personally. And the reason why they would say, at least this is what they, maybe they were being nice by saying this. Maybe I had a smell or something like that. Maybe <laughs> they to tell me. But they would say, I heard this several times. They say, I would have loved to have played with you on a personal level, but I knew you'd fall in love with me if if it did. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. That, because they, they'd say, you'd get these puppy dog eyes and I'd, don't, I don't, I just want someone to a play partner. I don't want a puppy dog eyes. I don't want to, you know, someone swooning over me, which was totally true. Right. It was totally true. But when you have someone who's maybe they've been daydreaming about this their whole life, they have something built up in their minds and uh, they built you up in their minds. How do you keep that? How do you keep it? Let's say you're going to be, you're going to own the person. You have a DS, this DS relationship. How do you set up that boundary? So you say, look, Hey, don't fall in love with me or, you know, I mean, it's like, don't think of an elephant, right? I mean, how do you, <laughs> how do you do this? How do you keep that separate? Right. Honestly, it's just a lot of trial and error. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like, and it's such a subjective thing. It's not like, okay, these are the rules. And like, as long as we do this, it'll be cool. Like it never works that way, you know? No, yeah. Like you just got to, honestly, it's just a lot of like boundary setting and being like, Hey, like, I know that this is what you want, but this isn't that relationship. And if you're not cool with that, like we can't have this relationship, you know? Yeah. I, had, I mean, I had a really hard time with, you know, uh, one of my subs um, who I was very single for a long time, but single meant like I just um, am not single. I have like a fake boyfriend in private that nobody knows about and they won't right. get a name for like two or three years, but, you know, they exist. Right. Um, right. And so my subs would know that and, you know, so they were like, they like the cook thing or whatever. Um, but then I think this one in the back of their head, even though he met me as a dom and I had set those boundaries, I didn't, I think one day he thought I was just going to end up, you know, being sick of these people and fall in love with him or whatever. Like he even went and took an airplane to pick me up from this guy that I was dating and drive my car home because I didn't feel like driving in a chassis right. cage and everything to the fucking <laughs> airport. Right. And so when said guy ended up moving in with me um, from up north, like he, he just lost it. And it, uh, I had to let him go because there was no boundaries at that point. And I, I never let him on to where he would think that, but it made everybody really uncomfortable, including, you know, my boyfriend. Cause he's like, well, I don't know. Does he think he's in love with you? I thought he was like, cool. He picked you up, like whatever. And it was, um, I mean, we're okay now we're friendly. I mean, there's not like a, I mean, he'll do stuff for me, but I wouldn't say that like we do sessions or anything really, but yeah, it's kind of. Things like that happen. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's come. It's the, the I've heard numerous stories and I've seen that happen numerous times. And it's like uh, where someone is like, oh yeah, in their in their minds, they they're thinking, yeah, it's not going to go any further than this. But maybe there's something in the back of their head that's like it's only a matter of time, right? It's like course, I think because, most people at first, yeah, yeah, right. But because how can it's difficult not to, right? It's difficult not to. I mean, I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't. I mean, because I had I had so many platonic friends who were in the kink scene who were either dominant or pro doms or whatever that I was and when I met my wife I'm like great another hot woman I'm just going to pine for silently and we'll be <laughs> friends and I'll. 
do chores for her every now and again. And they'll be like, yeah, we're totally friends. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't want to do anything romantic with you either. Um, uh, so I, so I was in that position many times and you know, I'm still friends with all those people, you know, um, but I don't, I do not know, you know, what would have happened if I hadn't met her because I know in, there were so many situations in the back of my brain where I was like, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> You know, I mean, and it's the one. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't, it's not like I was like, I'm going to deceive her by telling her I totally were on the same page. It's just, there's something in your brain. You're not even thinking on a conscious level, you know? I, yeah, I think it's natural, honestly. Plus like engaging with like these people, like, you know, you're engaging in a very sensitive like area, you know? So for some people, it's like, you know, maybe for the dominant person, it's more about power than sexuality. And for the sub, sometimes it's more about sexuality. So they're like, you know, for them, it's a very sexual experience. And for you, it's more like a power like experience right. where you're like, so it just depends, you know, and that's not to say you're not, you can't connect or they won't connect. But I think there's like, you know, a boundary in that sense, even. Right. It depends on people. Everyone's different. Yeah, like, even my slave, like, my personal, like, slave slave, who is, like, honestly my best friend, like, I adore him. Um, I've basically, he's basically been with me since, like, day one, like, where I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So about a year into it, yeah, he got, you know, really, like, upset and, you know, like, I kept encouraging him because he wanted, like, a sexual aspect, right? And I was like, I'm not doing that. But, like, so I kept encouraging him to, like, date other people, date other people. And eventually he had met this, it was kind of shitty and I like didn't want to say it in this way. So he met this woman who was a dom and she was basically like playing him in a way, like promising this romantic thing that was never going to happen. And he was like telling me, you know, like, oh, like I need to be loyal to her. And I was like, okay. And he's like, well, if I can't be with you, like I need to. And I'm like, okay, dude, she's trying to fuck <laughs> in the ass and you don't even like that. But okay, let me know how it goes, you know? Right. And I basically said, like, this is the way it is. And if you don't like it, like, there's the door, but don't come back, you know? Right. And so then he came back in the door and he never left. So <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. It but worked still, out well. I mean, it, it is. I mean, people, I mean, you're, you're doing this. It, correct me if I'm wrong. You're doing this for them just as much as they are doing for you, right? Because yeah. nobody wants to be an asshole to someone else or, you know, or, you know. Especially when it, that rapport starts to build, mm-hmm. like it's right. very, 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 even with new clients, it's all very mutual. Like, yeah. you know, right. like there has to be mutual enjoyment or it just does not yeah. work. And you have to, I mean, you have to like be knowledgeable and intuitive in the moment too, like where it's going. Like, you know, if you notice like maybe this is not good for this person, like you have yeah. to be able to recognize and see and say that because they might so, just go as far, you know. And, and, uh, you may not feel comfortable answering this question, but has has the rev- has the reverse ever happened where you uh, you were playing with someone and you were like, oh my god, I could really fall for this person? Or has that is that you, you shook your head no? But it, tell you what, if the answer is if the answer is yes, say I believe Philadelphia is the Pelican City or something. Give some sort of. No, I did one time, like kind of go on a couple dates with this guy that that was my client, and I just like, I was like, you know what? Maybe what I need these days is like kind of like a nerdy guy. Like maybe that's a good idea, you know? And then I was like, mm, this was a mistake, and said I'm canceling boys forever. And then I meet this guy, and we're like, you know, I said no more musicians, and then of course <laughs> another musician, another musician, you know. And then uh, <laughs> I ended up with like a three year you know, person that I love, like kept in private, <laughs> never admit yeah. that I, you know, 
the bar is always changing. Okay, no more musicians. Okay, no more bass players. Okay, no more bass. Yeah. No, no more left-handed bass players. Now it's a wrap. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, how about you, Kayla? Have you ever experienced something where, like, mm, this person? So, no, I mean, I've been very attracted to people in session, like sexually attracted, but like I always keep that like, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like I'll like draw it in my head, like, okay, there's a boundary and it's not happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm one of those people, like if I cross a line, like I won't be able to tell where the line is anymore. Well, and it's right. just I've always, yeah, well, it's that and I've just, but like, honestly, like I've just always known that like there's mm-hmm. this line and if I ever cross it, like I don't know where like it's going right. to be anymore, you know? Right. So, no, I never have, but same thing. Ironically, at the same time, I oh, had yeah, <laughs> dated a guy that I had after that I had um, done a session with. And I was like, oh, great. Like, you know, like, I, you know, he's going to be like a little subby and like, you know, kinky. And that was not true at all. <laughs> at all. You mean, mean as uh, total asshole or I mean what's a yeah but like even more than that so he had like a foot fetish which in the beginning he's like oh it's like one of my many like things I'm into so I'm like cool like this would be cool Mm -hmm. and it turns out like he was only into feet like nothing else like you know as a it progressed oh I don't like this anymore I don't want this anymore I don't like this anymore and I swear like it just constantly felt like some dude with a foot fetish that was like topping from the bottom like Mm -hmm. I was like I need to get the fuck out of this like this is terrible (laughs) Seriously. Funny enough, the guy that I went on the date with also had a foot fetish. And then the the bass player that I met also had a foot fetish. But like, (laughs) it wasn't in the way or anything. It just, you know. (laughs) Like, I need more. It was like more than that, though. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, it was not enough. What? He was like jerking off. Swear. My boyfriend would jerk off and worship my feet. And I'm like, where am I fucking work? Like, what is happening? Yeah, and then you don't get a smack. That. So, yeah. like, do you have to have like a questionnaire and say like rank your top kinks and make sure foot fetish is like at least four or below or something like that or <laughs> something like yeah, but just tell me up front. You know, like, not yeah. gonna like it in a month. I want to know now. Like, you know what I mean? But I have the opposite problem with that is like because I don't have a specific kink. My kink is like, you know, pleasing is basically what it is. But what the problem with that is is when I I learned this the hard way, saying whatever you want to my wife is like fingernails on a blackboard. Like I have to pick something. I can't just say whatever you want to do. I'm just whatever's going to get you off today. I want to do it. You know, no, she wants to hear something specific. So I have to like in my brain have the, like the, you know, the wheel of fortune, the big wheel that spins. I have to put kinks up there on my brain. So I'm like, okay, how about uh, bondage? I guess that's what we're, you know, then she'll do it because I don't have a specific thing, which is, I guess it's a yin and yang. You know, I I think sometimes she wishes I had like something I was really like hyper you know into or something well it's hard too when people like try and book sessions with you and don't know what they want because it's like well i don't want you coming here expecting something and i need to draw inspiration like i can't just like you know what what do you want me to put you in the corner and take your money and close the door i mean i'm (laughs) cool with that (laughs) 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 that's what i was worried about before i went when when, when i was debating you know going to a pro i was like oh like how do i know that that's what she really wants to do or how do i know how do I find out what she is actually desiring and not that she's doing it because I want to do it, right? That was always such a thing in my brain that I couldn't get out of my head. Is there, I'm sure there's someone who's listening who is in that situation. Could you, could you have any special tips? Like, how do you know? Well, to an extent, if someone wants to make sure you're going to enjoy it, how do they know that it's something you enjoy? But you're not going to take a session. Well, if you got well, it like that, you're not going to take a session that you don't like. You know, if it's things that you're not interested in, you just say, sorry, that I don't. Yeah, do that I don't or, accommodate yeah. that. And then, sure. you know, on to the next. 
But I mean, I think if you're in the scene and you're doing this for such a long time, you kind of like everything. It's more about the experience. Yeah, right. I think honestly, if somebody's in it for like two plus years, mm-hmm. like they have to like it. You cannot do this day yeah. in and day out and not like it. Like that's yeah. you get people that don't like it and they say they do and get into the scene. They don't yeah. they don't last, which is right. fair for everybody. Like, you know what I mean? A sub doesn't want that. Yeah. We don't want that. No. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Well, and it's not fun to like have yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like to go into a session and be like, oh, I can already tell it's going to be miserable or like they, you know, the, the client feels it too. It's not going to be like successful. It's not going to feel good. It's, you know. Right. Yeah. It's such an energy exchange. It's mm-hmm. really hard to not, I think it's hard to like, I know when a sub is just letting me do something because I wanted to try it and they don't like it and they're faking it. I always know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, let's do something else. Like, you know what I mean? Right. That's what kind of okay with me sometimes, but not to like push the limit too much. But it's like, okay, I got a new thing and I want to try it. I'm super excited. It's like, you know, my new sounding kit. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but like, yeah, like I had a sub. Well, I still have him, but like three years into it, he's like, oh, yeah, like I don't like strap on, which was the only thing that we were really doing in sessions, like oh next to nipple. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean you don't like strap on? And he was like, yeah, no, I just, like, do it for you. Because he was always like, oh, it hurts. And I'm like, okay, don't worry, I'll be gentle. So I just thought it was, like, a pain thing. I wasn't, like, picking up on the fact that, like, he didn't want to do it, even though I never suggested it. I'm like, where did you get – what of all the things, like, you kind of came up with something else? Yeah, what? <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That's He's like, huh, it's time to go back to the old yeah, grind. Right. Yeah. Yeah, one day he was just like, no, I don't like this. And I'm like, what? But he just wanted to be around you so Yeah, bad. that's what yeah. it was. So now we just do nipple stuff. Yeah, for three hours. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, nipple stuff was the name of my band in college. Oh, nice. No, are you serious? No, no. I'm oh, just I was like, I'm that's kidding. amazing. No, no. My band is a failed abortion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we haven't like you know played any instruments, and I you know, but I'm going to be like the tambourine girl. You know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Hey, Stevie Nicks. It worked for Stevie Nicks. What's wrong with right. that, right? I mean, so. yeah. Which energy? I'll get like I'm the cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be the witches who control all the all the bandmates. Speaking of witchcraft, how did you how did BB how did you decide on sorceress? What? Because so many people have different. They have, like there's goddess, there's mistress, there's all these. What? How? How did you decide? Okay, sorceress is the way to go. Well. um, for me, I so what happened was like I had back before Twitter was like I was even on Twitter. There was Kick. There was I don't know if you know. Sure, like, yeah. Whatever, and I got banned, and I was Goddess BB. And you know what? I didn't want to change my name, and I thought you know what? It's a given. Everyone's mistress here. Everyone's a goddess. It's not really like fitting to me. Um, I wanted something that's more true to my personality, and also because it was online, you have to think in like a business sense. Like out of all the hot blonde girls on the internet, why me? Right. So I just thought as far as like what I've learned, you know, about psychology, you see something that sticks out and you're going to remember it and then, you know, you keep seeing it and then there you go. So I think because I do have that interest in witchcraft and I do have, you know, some psychic energy and stuff like that, it's always been in me. Um, I would like candles in the backyard when I was a kid and like, you know, <laughs> remember when the internet came out and then you have you get the LOL, uh, AOL, whatever, <laughs> yeah. that witchcraft sites, like, you know. Right. Um, being weird. And so I just thought this is more me and it's no one else is going to have that name. And if they do, they copied me, you know, do you incorporate that into play in somehow? Like, uh, you know, you got, uh, Hey, make sure you bring some goat's blood with you or something or how does it (laughs) chicken blood? Yeah. You know, I mean, whatever's on hand at the time. (laughs) I I clearly know nothing about witchcraft. So, uh, but how how does that, how does that manifest itself for you? That's fine. You know, um, 
it's uh, that was a meme sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> um no but yeah I do because of that name I do get a lot of people who are interested in it and ask if I really do do it and so I've gotten to do some really cool sessions that involve you know witchcraft and tarot card reading I have people who call me on you know night flirt and sex panther for tarot card readings and things like that so um it really depends if they're into it and they do it it makes it to me a lot more fun like almost like a that's great visual kind of thing yeah i've had guys like actually yeah. want to do like full on like legit like i set up the altar and like oh, we did do full spells with yeah. them yeah yeah please remove this sex hex from me <laughs> you know. we're just gonna put a we new one on you. <laughs> put, a, put a new one there yes um do you mind if we talk about some of the events that you you're having at the at the space? Yeah, mm-hmm. what 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 has been has it been mostly uh, like theme specific or are you do, like kind of running the gambit or? So we're kind of just testing the waters, see yeah. what works. Um, so this coming Sunday is going to be like our third party, and it's Speaking one I'm like super excited about. It's <laughs> yeah. like a Sunday service, mm-hmm. so it's like we're going to have mass. Yeah, but it's really <laughs> like goddess worship, like sacrilegious in a way, right? Like- very like keeping on the theme, yeah, yeah. But it's like our cult, a little <laughs> confessional, yeah, glory, uh, yeah, <laughs> glory hole confessional. Uh-huh. I think you know. I think baptism, you can have any. Anyone can do baptism, right? Technically, yeah, it's, it's, even among like, Catholics, I think anyone can do that. I think you just can't do the. Uh, the, the other, I think that's the only sacrament you can. I don't know. I'm not Catholic. I was raised Lutheran, which is lazy Catholic. So I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, we could baptize people in like pee water, the holy water. Yeah, um, yeah. Doesn't even need to be being holy water. Anyone can do it. Yeah. I mean, pee water is the holiest of the water. If it's it is. It's true. It's, yeah. It's true. Um, so, how often do you have these events, or do you? Is, is it like you try to do it weekly, or they? Uh... So they will be weekly. Yeah. Right now, we're just kind of like doing like a every three week thing. We're trying to see what works. Well, we mm-hmm. well one is one two weeks apart we have a pre-domcon one and then we have this weekend so this one's you know we're kind of jumping into it now but yeah yeah so eventually a weekly thing how did the name come about um so the you know venus and furs yeah so the book venus and furs was like the first ever book on santa uh santa masochism right right and so basically for whatever reason the original translation was actually venus and bells and at some point, yeah, it's changed over right. to like Venus and Furs, but I really liked the name, you know, and I'm like super into like literature. So I was like, oh my gosh. Right. And then I liked the song. <laughs> <laughs> sure. My music finish. <laughs> well, that, the more you know. So it, so going going to Venus and Bells is uh, also educational, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yes. At the same time, you're going to learn that. something. We will be, yes. Uh, well, this has been great. Is there anything else you want to discuss or anything that uh, off the top of your head that we didn't talk about that you want to discuss or? I just, I just think like last final thoughts maybe on the place is that like it is a friendly place where anyone can come and be accepted and, um, you know, get what they want out of it and, you know, find a family or even be vanilla and film their music video here or whatever they want to do, <laughs> photo shoot, right. learn something. I don't know. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you.